Welcome to the Soul Tribe Podcast. The Soul Tribe Podcast was created to help you navigate through the world of spirituality, wellness, and self-development in an easy, grounded, and relatable way. We break down everything from the Akashic Records, manifesting, spirituality, and so much more. We want to help expand your boundaries and bring the spiritual world to you in a fun and easy way. Get ready to be inspired with tips, tools, and easy-to-digest information. Let's do this. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Soul Tribe Podcast. Today, it is Lucia alone. I'm here alone today to do a podcast episode. And I wanted to do an episode about something that I've been really look, like really into looking into lately. And I thought it'd be really cool to talk to you guys about it because these individuals that I'll be talking about are really, really well known in the Hispanic world. But I'm not sure how, I think they're not so, so well known externally outside of like Hispanic speaking, you know, Spanish, Spanish speaking countries. So I thought that would be really interesting to tell you guys about the things that I've heard and um, I know about this. Uh, like I don't know, I don't know too much. I know like some stuff about these dudes. Um, so I'm gonna get into those details, but they're prophets. So I think that when you talk about prophets, what really comes to mind, the the first one that comes to my head is the most, I probably the most famous one, which is Nostradamus. So, I mean, he was obviously super well-known. And if you think about prophets and you think about him, I'm pretty sure you guys probably think the same way I do, where it seems like a lot of chaos and I don't want to say bad news, but it's like everything, it seems like they, they always channel really dark things that are coming, you know, really complicated scenarios you know, things that are really critical or would be really severe to the human collective. And so I wanted to see kind of what the Kashyyyk Records was giving me about that on top of talking about these Hispanic prophets. So you guys can know a little bit more about them. And I was thinking about this today because I knew I was going to record this episode later on. And I was thinking about this today and I was like, why is it? Why is it that it's always a dark really complex, really heavy, really difficult timeline that they're, or information that they're getting. And the first thing is, it just feels a lot like their mission isn't here to say, hey, look, this is the most aligned, most amazing scenario for the human collective. This is what I'm getting in my my prophecies and my dreams. Like that doesn't, obviously each, each individual prophet, there's probably a lot in history, we probably don't know even know about half of them. I mean, I know that a lot of people's work have has been like, you know, disappeared or made to disappear or appear or something like that. Or, you know, people just didn't really find out about them. So there's a lot we don't know about. Or maybe there's some that you guys know about that I have no clue about. But um, speaking in general, it really seems like part of their mission is to try to help the human collective avoid that scenario. That's how I, that's how I see it. When I look into the why, why are they always getting these really dark scenarios? Like that's the why I get. So really their mission seems to be to be able to receive these messages and the message, the messages is to warn the human collective, 
The message is to get the human collective to see that this timeline can possibly play out and to help the human collective not go down that road. But the way the way that they're doing it is for us to not go down the road is to know that there is a timeline and where this is possible. And if there's a timeline where this is possible, let's do what we can as a collective so that doesn't come into play. So I know like some people might think that they're dark individuals or, you know, maybe they call consider them extremist or exaggerated or I don't know, you know, I guess it depends on the era and it probably depends also on who you're talking to, their, their opinion of those prophecies. But, um, I believe that the majority of those prophets, their mission is to help the human collective not go down that timeline. And Lorena and I talked before about probability lines and possibility lines and that's what that would be. What that's what the scenario, whatever scenario that prophet's talking about or describing that they're receiving and seeing, I think that is maybe the worst case scenario that humankind can go down, and they're getting it as a warning, and it's coming from you know an energetic place where it's probably light beings, beings with good intentions sending information to those that that can channel it that can receive it so that can be given to the human collective so that the human collectives can be made conscious of it and do whatever internal work needed or whatever energetic world work needed you know for that not to come into play not not to happen so that's my perspective you know maybe maybe someone else spiritually sees it or feels it differently but that that that's how it is to me i i don't think that they're not right if, if if they don't come into play or if it doesn't happen i don't think that those prophets are not right or they channeled wrong i think that those prophets are tapping into the worst case scenario and hopefully humanity can avoid that so i mean i know like nostradamus had a lot of uh, apocalyptic like really really extreme scenarios um, and these prophets that I'm going to be talking about in a second, I mean, yeah, they had, they had some, yeah, they had similar, very dark, very difficult to accept scenarios that could possibly come into play for the human, the human collective. So the first, the first one I wanted to talk about, and I love his name. It's so Italian. It's Benjamin Solari Paravicini. Just I'm gonna say it one more time. It sounds I love it sounds so Italian. Benjamin Solari Paravicini. <laughs> I love it. Um, but he wasn't uh, he wasn't Italian. He was from Argentina. He was an Argentinian. And so a I know that like Uruguay, since Lorena and I are from Uruguay, Uruguay and Argentina were mostly colonized by um, Italian and Spanish. So I'm guessing that's where he gets his um, Italian roots and his Italian name, of course. So this guy uh, was from Argentina, and he was also an artist. So, you know, he would paint, he'd do drawings. Apparently what they say is that he would go into a state of almost trans, if not trans, I think it was, and he would begin drawing. I mean, these drawings were not like easy to understand. They were really difficult to understand. They were very, very out there. And with those drawings he did, he would write, I guess you would call them like phrases or um, sentences 
but they were also somewhat cryptic. Like it wasn't very straightforward. Like you totally understood it. So you would really have to read it and reread it and think about it and analyze it and try to figure it out to see what it is he was saying that was going to happen. I mean, I, there's quite a few people that try to analyze um, Barabicini's work and they seem to be pretty good at it. If you ask me, I before I did this episode, I got his book. Um, I got the book online to try to, you know, look more into his prophecies. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I would sometimes I'd be like, wait, let me read that again. Wait, let me read that again. What is he trying to say here? But so let's get into some of his prophecies. The most well-known one, I think would have to be the one where he said um, that the United States of America was going to lose the light of their liberty or their light and liberty. It's in Spanish, so I'm translating and also I'm probably not saying it exactly the way it is, but basically what what the sentence that he wrote with his picture was that the United States would lose its, its freedom somehow, the light that shone in its freedom. And what it looked like he drew, it could be, you could decide that it looks like a really rough um, sketch, but very rough sketch of uh, what might, might be the, what's it called? The Li- Lady Liberty, right? The Statue of Liberty. And she's sliced in half. And those two slicing in halves, one half shows like something's going on there and the other one half shows that something's going on there. And what people that look into his work have decided that that is, is um, 9-11, that it was the two towers being hit and being attacked. And now he did this prophecy in 19, I believe it was 39 I want to say 35, but I think it was 1939. So, I mean, his prophecy was way before 9-11, which, what was it, that in 2001, I think? It was, I think so. So that was, that's the one of the most famous ones that he has. He also predicted um, a few things for Argentina, including like um, a lot of, I think I think he prophesies a lot of um, crime in Argentina and a lot of really complicated eras, and then he also prophesized um, what's this? I was looking. I'm looking for the words. Um, Wall Street, like the collapse of Wall Street. So I'm guessing that was probably the 2008 crisis. I'm not fully sure, but I think that might be the 2008 crisis. Um, and there's probably a bunch more that I don't even know. Like, I, I I didn't I didn't look into like every everything he ever prophesized and which ones already happened. Some people believe that some of them happened and some of them didn't. Didn't. If you speak to other people that look into it, some of them say some of them already happened and some of them have not happened yet. So it actually depends on how you look at it. Some people think that the ones that he was saying was going to happen just haven't happened yet. Of course, he's not alive anymore. Um, and one of the most famous ones, after the ones that become true, but the ones that haven't come become true, I think one of the most famous ones after that is one that has to do with most of Earth underwater. So he seems to 
have seen or thought that Argentina would become a refuge for a lot of humanity because a lot of countries and, and continents would end up underwater. Some people believe that that prophecy is of asteroids hitting Earth, if I'm not mistaken. So it's like, they, I think the people think that uh, something comes from the sky, asteroids hit, and then it creates this massive, I don't know, tsunami wave, and that covers a lot of the world. Some people believe that it's planet Nibiru, or you can call it, I guess, planet X. I know Nibiru from the work of uh, Sitchin. What's his first name? I forgot. I was reading his book. He writes about Anki. He writes about the Anunnaki. So Sitchin talks about, in the book that I started reading, Sitchin talks about how the Anunnaki come from planet Nibiru that comes close to Earth every, what is it, 3,000 years or something, or 2,000 years. I'd have to look at that number again. And what it does, it has some sort of like a effect on, I don't know if it was gravity or the pull or what, but it creates this massive wave possibly or, you know, issues with po the, the poles or polarity or the axis of Earth. Um, and that changes up a lot of the atmosphere and a lot of the, just the surface of Earth in general. So they have believed that that already happened and that a lot of these individuals that look into Parabicini's work, they believe that Nibiru is coming back around and that it's not a, uh, asteroids falling, but it's Nibiru coming cl close again. Um, so that so that supposedly leaves Argentina as because it has a lot of mountains and part of Chile because it has a lot of really high mountains that would um, be a place to like save yourself, like run to it, oh, save yourself. Um, so that's really interesting. It's a really interesting, and it depends on who you're talking to and how they see it and how they analyze it. Oh yeah, that's right. No, I'm thinking. I was thinking about whatever prophecy. I'm j I just remembered. He, um, he supposedly had predicted coronavirus. Actually, I just realized that. I forgot. Um, he called it. Oh, what was it? Because I remember parts of it in Spanish. He called it like it was going to be um, like a flu, a, a throat, a throat flu. I think something like that. He called it a throat flu, and that it was going to change our society. Well, if that's what he was really saying and that's his prophecy, then, well, he was right. And, of course, he said this, I mean, probably also in the 30s. I think he also predicted a few things that had to do with Nazi Germany. And uh, he was right about those as well. So he's gotten quite a few things. Um, it's, 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 it's very interesting, actually. So now looking into another prophet that's well-known, also Argentinian, funny, they're all Argentinian, huh? Um, who's also Argentinian is, um, his name is Pedro Romaniuk. So I learned about this guy very recently because he became more spoken about and more well-known in the Hispanic um, communities because he predicted a massive tsunami that would come after the activation of a volcano in La Palma. 
Canary Islands. So the current volcano, and he said La Cumbre. So this guy was an Air Force pilot, and so he worked for the military, probably in Argentina for a while, I'm guessing. I can't, I can't be 100% sure, but and I'm, I know he was Argentinian. Well, for some reason, he was flying a small airplane. This is the story. And there's audio um, of him describing it, so I, which, I, which I actively went to find and, and hear so that I could talk about it. it he, he, supposedly, he supposedly was in a small airplane, and he was flying near La Cumbre. Is it called La Cumbre Vieja? I think it's La Cumbre Vieja. You know, La Cumbre is where the volcano uh, erupted. Or I think it's the name of... I don't, know if, I don't know if La Cumbre is the name of the mountain or the name of the volcano. Actually, I, would, I, should, have had, I should have looked at that. But anyways, he supposedly saw La Cumbre from above from the airplane. He was passing by or he was going to land. And he just was like, boom, hit by a vision. And... He'd already gotten visions previously. He'd already kind of gotten some stuff, but this time he was hit with a vision in that moment. And he just couldn't believe what he was seeing. It was total terror and totally awful. This is what he's, he was describing. He saw the activation of the volcano. And this was many, 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 many years ago, right? He saw the activation of the volcano. And then with that, after came the sliding. It's like, it's like part of the land slid off. After the activation, it's like part of the land slid off, fell into the water, and apparently the water near there is very deep. So apparently if it falls, it can create like a mass wave. And what he saw happen after was the land falls, a massive wave is created, and it makes its way all the way to the east coast of the United States. So it's a tsunami, a massive tsunami, all the way heading to the east coast of the United States, and this guy named actively, he said, New York City, I think he said Connecticut, Massachusetts, Jacksonville, Miami, all the way down, the whole coast, boom, 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 boom. He saw the tsunami destroying all of that, destroying all of it. And that, yeah, there was no warning that people were caught off guard, of course, and the land is, was not high enough for people to save themselves or, you know, get in their cars and, and get out of the way kind of thing. So that's what he supposedly saw. And now, look, looking into it further, I, um, I heard a bunch of people commenting under the, the audio and the, um, the information. I heard a lot of people commenting saying that there was supposedly uh, a documentary or an investigation episode of something from Nat Geo or National Geographic, one of those. And um, in 2015, they said, where they scientists studied the actual probability of that volcano creating a tsunami because of a same scenario that this guy had seen many, many, many years ago. And apparently, these scientists did confirm that that could happen. And they confirmed that that could happen in that documentary, which, by the way, guys, just in case I'm letting you know, I didn't find it. I didn't, I, I, I don't, I didn't see it. But a bunch of people seem to have seen it, and a lot of people confirmed that these scientists were saying that that is a possibility, that that could happen. And so what, what apparently was be, being said in that video on top of the fact that it could happen, it's that it would only have eight hours. There would only be eight hours from the moment of the tsunami being created to it reaching the east coast of the United States. So what they, were, what they were saying is that there would not be enough time to warn the population to get out of the way. Once they realized it was happening, it's like, 
it was going to be way too quick to evacuate those cities and those towns. Um, and so, yeah, that, that seems to be what, uh, what Romaniuk was seeing in his vision when he was on that small aircraft. And he continued to warn people about it. He continued to warn people about it. So to him, it was very, very real. Um, I thought it was interesting that they did an investigation, you know, those scientists, and, and looked into that. So it's like he just didn't, you know, he just saw something that was already a possibility for Earth and her surface. He tapped into something that actually could happen. I mean, that's that for me is a semi-confirmation. Again, like I said in the beginning of the episode, I think that these prophets usually tap in. You know, I don't have their their records open or anything, so I can't really know what what it is that they why they see that right. But I really think that prophets tap into the worst case scenario, and I think that we can all avoid that somehow. And like, how many times have Lorraine and I said like knowledge is power? I think that if we send a bunch of like love to Mother Gaia and treat her better, and, and she, she'll maybe she'll try and she can help us right with that scenario not playing out, help us take care of ourselves and take care of us. Um, so. Maybe send love to all those scenarios. If you find, if you hear one of those prophets give a really, really scary, that's maybe might be scary to you scenario. Maybe actively meditate and send, I don't know, loving vibes, good vibes uh, to help assist that that timeline doesn't come into play or doesn't have to come into play. Um, I actually did that, like like I did. You know, the last episode I talked about how I had heard about the the concert and then I, I was like, oh no, those souls must have gone to a. It seems like they went to a place that's not so great. So I actively meditated and sent them their soul's love to try to help them get out of there, right? This is the same thing. Because remember, for us, time is time. For us, like, we have to wait days, weeks, months, years for things to, like, roll out and come into play, right? But the reality of the situation is everything's happening all at once. <laughs> it's like, which, again, Lorito and I talk about time all the time. We're like, yeah, it's really hard to understand how, how is it that all these timelines are playing out. And also, how is it possible that we're, there's no time. We're in the past and we're in the present and the future. It's, man, it's still, sometimes I just think about it, I go, how? <laughs> how? Um, but that's a thing, right? So, you know, right now this is our present, but yesterday was our present. But actually, everything was the present. <laughs> Anyways, I'm getting a little off topic. So I wanted to talk about that. I want to talk about Paravicini and Romaniuk, and I thought that was really interesting. Now, Romaniuk... He, I have I didn't find any more prophecies for him um, that were like recorded or known by other people. I did download his book and I just started reading it. So if I discover, um, if I discover more and you guys are interested, I can definitely look into more of his prophecies and see what his book says. I wanted to find, um, I think he did a whole book about Parabicini's prophecies. I might be wrong, but I wasn't able to find that book. That's why I can't confirm that. I looked for that book everywhere and I cannot find it. And the book that I did find for him, it took me hours. I was online for hours. Like I went to even the places where I usually buy my books or where I buy my buy my like physical, like paperback books, where I buy my like online books. I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything. It was so hard to get. It took me hours to find just one which it, it was like, it's not even like the original, like someone 
someone signed, somehow had a copy and they were sharing it. I think it's just really hard to get his books because they're probably just not being published anymore. And that's probably the thing. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. I thought, I thought that both of them have prophecies with water. Both of them have prophecies with like earth issues, right? And I know that I recently also was channeling on the Patreon, I did an episode about Gaia and I found it interesting because after I looked into that, because I looked into the Paravicini thing after, and I thought that's really interesting because I also am getting information that like Earth's surface is going to change. And so I was talking about that on the Patreon, I think it was last week. So I thought that's interesting, but I don't feel those, I don't feel those severe scenarios come into play. So if you give if you ask me my my opinion, it's not that I think that they're impossible. I just feel like we're not on that timeline right now. That doesn't mean we can't jump into that timeline. We can jump timelines, and we do. We jump timelines all the time. Whatever the collective is vibrating with, reacting to, or not doing properly, or doing properly as well, we we constantly change. We can change timelines. We can make a timeline. We can jump into a better timeline or a worse worth worth one. A worse one. So I do think that that timeline still can, those timelines still can be possible. Um, and that's, I mean, that's a big thing. Like, you know, the Kashuk Records is really, really, really good at talking to you about the past and the present. And they'll talk to you about the future, but they're always telling you what's really actually going to happen at the end of the day depends on the, your for your life, your own free will. And then in, as a human collective in general in the world, it depends on how everyone is going to use their free will. So when you're with the Kashuk Records and you're tapping into something that could po- possibly happen in the future, they're reading off of the current energies. They're see, they're, they're kind of, it's like a panorama that's projected and says, okay, well, you guys are down this road right now. But if like a mass portion of the population changes their mind or Reacts, starts acting differently, then we jump timelines. And so that projection changes into another scenario, better or worse, right? So I really think those prophets are made to be heard. And I really think those prophets are, 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 are here to help us see what can go wrong and to help us not, not, go, not go down that road. I think that's really important to understand because I think a lot of people... If you, if you talk to people about prophecies that are so dark, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah, he was always channeling something dark. Or, and I think, that's, I think that's not the way to go. I think we should really take it in and go, wow, that can happen. Let's make sure that doesn't. Let's, wow, that can happen. Let's make sure that uh, we create the changes needed for that scenario not to come into play. Like, knowledge is power. We know that information now. We, 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 know, something, we know one of the rougher timelines. Let's try to avoid that timeline. Um, and maybe if there's a scenario that's supposed to come into play, at least that those prophecies can also help you be in the right, right place at the right time. Of course, I think the right place at the right time for everybody sometimes is different, right? So I think that generally speaking, it's always best to listen to your gut. And I think it's like, oh, I really feel like I need to go here for some reason. or I really feel like I need to do this for some reason. It's like, I, you should probably really trust your gut because that might be, your safe spot say saying like if that were to come into play right like you 
you ultimately could be your own savior just by learning to listen to yourself. Or, you know, I also think that sometimes souls are here to live a certain situation. So maybe some souls, you know, decide to leave and they have an exit that is one of these scenarios. If it plays out, like maybe the soul said, if this plays out, I want to leave that way. Or if this plays out, I want to test myself and see if I listen to my gut. Like obviously it's going to depend on the soul and its plan and what it's here to do. So I found that really interesting. Um, I'm wondering if, I didn't look into Nostradamus um, prophecies really before doing this episode. So I'm wondering, because I remember like watching a show where they were talking about the prophecies very long time ago in Gaia. And I remember they were talking about the prophecies of Notre Dame, And I remember they were showing a city in a big wave was coming, but I, I don't remember what the storyline was behind it. And now, now that I'm remembering that, I'm wondering if it was that we were seeing in that show what, what Paravicini was seeing with that massive tsunami or if it was what Romaniuk was seeing with the massive tsunami from the volcano I think those are two different tsunamis by the way I think that they're talking about totally different scenarios I think that one I think that the Romaniuk one obviously since the volcano is already active I think the Romaniuk one is more closer to our timeline our current timeline not closer in the sense that it's going to happen I mean like closer as in we're approaching the time where that can play out or not play out. I, cur- I to be sincere, I don't feel that I don't feel like that's going to happen. Hopefully, it's not me not wanting to accept it, but I really do not feel like it's going to happen. I don't feel it. But maybe you guys should like listen to yourselves and see if you guys feel like it's going to happen. But I'm not. I'm not getting it. At least right now, I'm not getting it. And then I think that the Baravicini scenario is a much it's more massive i think this is much more than just one part well for him it's like it happens in canary islands and then it moves to part of the united states like i think that the paravicini one was a really worldwide thing it wasn't just in in a, in a section of earth it was much more it's to like to a grander scale i feel like it's all over the world kind of thing so it, what Panavicini was getting was much, much more complex and I think much more in the future than this one that Romaniuk was getting with the volcano and La Palma. And that thing's been, guys, that thing's been going off for 50, maybe five days now. And I'm not a volcano expert, but that sounds like a lot of days. Like that's, <laughs> that. I don't know how much is the normal amount of time that a volcano erupts and just keeps going, but this seems like a pretty long, long time for me. And the poor people that live there that like, you know, if your house wasn't gone yet, imagine you're there going, oh man, it's still going. Is my house going to be okay? Like, wow, the scenario. And I know the volcano, the lava has already started leaking into the ocean. So it's still, yeah, it's still a thing. It's still a thing. I remember Lorraine and I did an episode where I was getting that there was going to be a lot of volcanic activity. And if I'm not mistaken, I might have talked about, I would need to find that episode again, but I think I might have talked about movement as well. 
And I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but this year there has been a lot of activation volcanoes and a lot of earthquake quake movements. Um, maybe it's not like a eight, but there's been a lot like four to fives and a bunch of threes. And yeah, I mean, just in La Palma alone, since I've, I can, I know this because I've been looking into it, I've actively been checking to see how the volcano is doing. And just, just the La Palma Canary Islands alone, they're having a lot of earthquakes per day, a lot. So, you know, Gaia is definitely going through her movements. Um, and that's, I really felt like that was coming. I didn't know how soon it was going to be though. Like I, I knew it was going to come, but I didn't know like, is it going to be in one year? Is it going to be in three years? Like I didn't know. Um, so that's what I remembered when I heard about this volcano. And there was another one that erupted. What was it? Was it in Hawaii? I don't know. There was another one that erupted. I know the volcanoes are always erupting, but these are like, it's a lot. If you ask me, there's a lot of movement. It's, it's a lot of earthquakes. It's a lot of movement. Yeah. Gaia is definitely creating her shifts and things and that's needed. Like she needs that. And, um, I know it affects humanity, but in a weird way, I'm happy for her because I know that she needs to make those movements. It reminds me a little of like, you know, when, um, like when a child is growing and if they have like really, you know, let's say that they grew out of their clothes, but they put on something that no longer fits them and they stretch or something. And like the seams of like the t-shirt and the pants start ripping. That's kind of how I see it. When I see her making her shifts, it's like she's stretching and she's like, you know, she's progressing in her, in her dimension as well. She's, she's 4d now. Right. So I feel her stretching and moving and some of her seams are ripping and you know, some things are, moving around there and there's a lot going on in the bottom on in the sur- like, um, on the bottom of the surface. So I'm genuinely excited for her because I think this is a good thing for her. She's moving energy and she's creating shifts and that's something that she has she has as a priority. So that's good. Um hopefully humanity <laughs> will be okay with with uh, the movements, the continuous movements and the continuous shift because shifts because it's just you know we're on the surface and that could be dangerous for us a little bit or a lot or a lot. Um, but yeah, I wonder if, I wonder if you guys have heard about these prophets before. Uh, I was hoping to do this episode and, and get you guys some new information and, uh, introduce you guys to new, new prophets. Cause I was not, I was not under the impression that they're that, that well known outside of the Hispanic world. And uh, I really wanted to talk about this to you guys and, and give you this cool insight, being that I think that you guys probably haven't heard it. And I know Lorena is not so in, so much in, look into it, looking into it like I am, and she's really not that into kind of those those prophecies and stuff. But I am I'm obsessed with like world information, and I'm obsessed with looking into these kind of things. So it's totally up my alley. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will, uh, I guess I'll make another episode and come back with more information if I find more. And, um, I mean, I don't know, let me know if you have any questions. Let me know if maybe you guys have really cool information that I don't have. Maybe there's other prophets that you know about that I don't. So if you guys want to kind of contact any of that stuff to me or ask me anything, just, um, yeah, send us an email or DM us the usual. Bye guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.